0: Welcome to Politics Explained by an Idiot. My name is Millen, the idiot himself, and if I can learn politics at a high level, so can you. Ah yes, elections, another word that has been thrown around in the media and seems to be an invitation for drama and dispute. I find often people don't know the processes of various elections in the United States, and know more so how controversial they can be through what they hear on different news outlets. This episode is going to be more of an informational episode with the process of each kind of election, and how it is carried in the United States. Firstly, I know a lot of people listening didn't vote in the 2020 presidential election, but turned 18 ever since, myself included. Many people think that the next election they'll be voting in is in the 2024 presidential election, but actually that's not true. You will have the chance to vote in the 2022 gubernatorial election, House of Representatives elections, and Senate elections. Except for the Senate elections, it'll depend on which state you're in, because 34 of the 100 seats available in the Senate will be up for contention. So you may be voting or you may not be voting for your Senate. Regardless, your time to vote is coming pretty soon. So let's talk about the different types of elections. Let's start with primaries. The earliest state primary in 2022 will be held on March 1st, and the latest will be in mid-September. June and August are the busiest months, and on the ballots are the legislative, congressional, gubernatorial, and statewide office contests in 46 different states. Let's get one thing clear. You are not choosing the ultimate winner by voting in the primary elections. You are choosing who will be on the ballot for the general election, and whoever wins that will hold their respective title in public office. Alright, got it. So let's talk about the types of primaries. There are two main types of primaries, closed or open, that determine who is eligible to vote in the primary. In a closed primary, a registered voter may only vote in the election for the party with which that voter is affiliated with. So for example, if a voter is registered as a Democrat, that voter can only vote in the Democratic primary. And same with a Republican. If a Republican is registered as a Republican, they can only vote in the Republican primary. In an open primary, on the other hand, a registered voter can vote in either primary regardless of the party membership. So if you are a registered Democrat, then you can vote in the Republican primary. This is basically a code word you can say is that you're switching your teams. The voter cannot, however, participate in more than one primary. A third less common type of primary is called the blanket primary, which basically means any registered voter can participate in any primary. So. That's basically the gist of primaries, but let's talk about the Senate. Each state has two senators who are elected to serve six-year terms. Every two years, one-third of the Senate is up for re-election, which is why in 2022, there will be 34 out of the 100 senators who will be re-running for their seat. To be able to run in an election for the senate, you have to be 30 years old by the time one takes oath of office, a citizen of the united states for at least 9 years, and a resident of the state from which one is elected. Most states, again, have primary elections to decide which candidates will be in the November general election ballot. The person who receives the highest number of votes wins, and that's called the plurality rule. In some states, this may not necessarily be the majority of the votes, so for example, In an election with three candidates, one candidate may receive around 38% of the vote, another 32 and the third 30%. Although no candidate has received a majority of the votes, meaning 50% or more, the candidate with 38% will win because she or he has the most votes. In other states, if there is no majority, there is an instant runoff election between the top two candidates, and that's actually what happened in Georgia with John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock. In regards to the House of Representatives, a representative is elected by those only eligible in the residing district of the candidates who will represent them. Election winners are decided by the plurality rule, meaning that the person who receives the highest number of votes will win. This again may not be necessarily a majority of the votes, meaning 50% or more. With the gubernatorial election, it's the exact same thing. People who are living in the state of whatever the governor is running for will be able to vote for the governor and same thing with the plurality rule whoever gets the most amount of votes will win. Now let's talk about the presidential election. With the presidential election it gets a little bit more complicated. When you cast your vote your vote gets counted within your state. So whoever wins the majority of votes within the individual state gets to represent that state as the state's preferred candidate. So if people are voting for Democrat or Republican and the state majority votes is in favor of a Democrat That state is now labeled as a Democrat, and same thing with Republicans. Okay, now what? That's where the Electoral College comes in. The Electoral College is a body of individuals who represent each state according to their population. Each state gets a certain number of electors based on the number of districts plus the two U.S. senators within each state. So basically how many people are in Congress within that individual state. So, some states will have more electors than other states because of their population. For example, New York has 29 electors, and Alaska only has 3 electors. There are a total of 538 electors in the United States, and the presidential candidate who gets the majority of electors, which is 270 electors, will be named the president-elect of the United States, along with their vice presidential candidate. So this is why some presidential candidates will campaign in states that have more electors because that will ultimately influence them reaching 270 electors, which is around more than half of the total of 538 electors in the United States. All right, that was a lot, but feel free to rewatch if you want to clarify something. Again, this was just the bare basics, and you can definitely reach out to me if you want to talk about more. Thanks so much if you made it to the end. I know it's not easy listening to an idiot for that long. Again, thank you so much for listening and happy voting to those who are eligible.